I can't keep my eyes off it. It's so big. I know. Magnificent, isn't it? And the way it goes up and down, in and out. Mesmerising. All the power held within it. And those round things on the shaft. So round and smooth and bulging. It's heavenly. I know, but that's enough waxing lyrical about the time rotor. Where would you like to go today? Welcome to the show. I'm Crumbly. I'm Adam. I'm Jean. And I, yes, I am Keith. Oh. Yep, no fake Keith, so... I'm, no fake Keith, no, tonight, I'm, unfortunately. I, I cannot be real without fake. Mm. <laughs> she has been slightly toasted. Well, at the moment she's um, in a committee meeting, which may or may not have a riot breaking out. All right, it's, it's an It's an open to the public one, and those ones are fun. Ah. Mm. <laughs> yes, she's stuck in the real world Yes, today. yes, I'm afraid so. Mm, yes, she has a life. <laughs> no. <laughs> a job. A job. That's it. A job, that's right. Without further ado, clinging limpet like to the boat hull of information, it's the news with El Presidente. Doctor Who News. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Big Finish have had their licence renewed. Huzzah! For Huzzah. another year. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good news. Yes. So they have been extended up until December 2012. Ooh. How many years is that now? Coming up? 1999. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. I'm sure they used to have their licence extended by more than a year at a I time. Think so. mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. But this time it's only one year extension. Yes. Maybe the BBC is seeing how well their own ones take off. Yeah, probably. They They've done it own? before. Yeah, Virgin, yeah. Yeah. But we have some words here from producer David Richardson. We have many plans for the future. The main range starring Peter Davison, Colin Baker, all ketchup and mashed potato be upon him. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann continues on a monthly basis, as do the Companion Chronicles. You'll be hearing more from, more from the Lost Stories and Jago and Lightfoot. Plus, we've been in talks with Tom Baker, who is eager to join the audio range for a series of full cast plays. Mm. Mm. See if that actually happens this time. Yeah, I mean, they've been trying to tempt Mr. Baker for a number mm. of years. Mm. Yes. Mr. Baker, T. Mm, T, yes. yes. And executive producer of Big Finish, Nick Briggs, added... Everything was planned up until the end of 2011, so now we're looking forward to hear what our plans for 2012. These are exciting times indeed. Thank you very much. <laughs> I didn't know Nick was related to Elvis. <laughs> yeah. He's a man of many voices. Is, yeah, is, is, very talented. Yeah. yeah. Be Dalek Elvis next. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> I'm looking for, for to Elvis Jadoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mofo Burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to The Hobbit. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to figure out how to pronounce the name. You know. okay. Mm. Will, uh, if somebody else will pronounce the name for me, I'll quite happily read the bit. Guillermo del Toro. What she said. Guillermo. Will no longer direct the two movies <laughs> based on... <laughs> I'm relying on him to edit together. Yeah. So. Good luck. <laughs> right, what was that? Will no longer direct the two movies based on J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, Ooh. reports said. Not fly fishing. Two movies. It's only one book. I know. Two movies. Two films out of it. Speaking exclusively to the fan site The One Ring, Del Toro said it was with... Great regret. ...that he would be... Taking leave. ...of the films. (laughs) In the light of ongoing delays in the setting of a start date for filming The Hobbit, I am faced with the hardest decision of my life. He said. However, Del Toro added that he would continue co-writing the screenplays. Hmm. 
The movie is yet to be officially greenlit by MGM due to the film's ongoing financial troubles, which have also delayed work indefinitely on the next James Bond film. Yes. And yes, um, I heard about that on the uh, radio not too long ago. Mm. Apparently, Daniel Craig, he's, uh, he's still very keen to play James Bond. Yeah. And, um, I mean, OK, so obviously he won't be sitting twiddling his thumbs while he's waiting for right, a green light from M- MGM. And, um, oh, uh, not Cubby Broccoli. Yeah. Uh, Barbara. It's, it's, Barbara Broccoli, yeah, that's it, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he, he's a headline actor, so he's going to get many well, roles I mean, from He's going to get all the parts, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I must admit, I was quite surprised to hear that MGM were having financial difficulties because mm-hmm. they are one of the bigger movie they are. houses. They are. Well, well, that's yeah. it. Bunch of flops, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why Hollywood's in so much of a panic recently because they're quite literally living from one film to the next. Yeah, they, they in the bank. rely on big blockbusters to finance yeah. all the other films which don't make money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mass Effect heading for the cinema. <laughs> Legendary pi- budget sound effects supplied by Real Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Pictures has nabbed the rights to turn critically acclaimed console and PC game Mass Effect into a movie. Mass Effect is an action-packed role-playing game set in the science fiction universe. Players are cast as Shepard, a human agent tasked with protecting the universe from an all-powerful, extra-dimensional force determined to enslave all life in the galaxy. Mark Protosovic. Easy for you to say. If I say, yeah. Protosovic. If I say so. Who wrote I Am Legend and worked on Thor. Thor. Is in talks to script the movie, which will be produced by former Marvel films head Avi Arad and his son Ari Arad, Ar- alongside legendary Thomas Tull and John Jashni. <laughs> Warner Great Brothers will distribute. Tull reckons that Mass Effect is... Ripe for translation. Saying it has... Depth compelling characters and an engaging backstory. (laughs) I've played Mass Effect. I've played them both. I've yet to play two. Ah. I've yet to play two. I've finished two. I'm waiting for the price of the game to come down a little bit. But Mass Effect 1 was very good. Mass Effect 2 is even better. I enjoyed enjoyed it, but it's a role-playing game where you've got various decisions and your decisions affect the overall game. But the the storyline was very... Mm. It gripped me. It's I've very good. I've yeah, never come across good. it, mm. but I am amazed at how stupid the American names are. <laughs> yeah. I know, that's Sorry, only Naya. relative Sorry, to Naya. me, and Naya. I do apologise to any Americans with stupid names. Sorry, <laughs> not that your name is stupid, I'm not apologising. Keith? I'm, I'm going to get out of this now. Yeah. And we have some late-breaking news here. <gasps> what is what? this late-breaking news? Uh, it won't be by the time this goes out, but yeah, but yeah. a few hours ago, BBC announced a new series of Torchwood. <laughs> Woo! Which is going to be produced by BBC Wales, mm-hmm. yep. BBC Worldwide, Yay! and the US network Stars Entertainment. Who? I've can't never s- heard yeah. of. Ooh. Can't say ever. If, if anybody out there has heard of Stars Entertainment, presumably it might be one or two Americans. <laughs> yes, have, but yeah. probably only one or two. It's 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 unknown in this country. So yeah, it's man. Yeah, yeah, so if you have any information about it for us, means well, please send it to us at show at staggering stories dot net. From what we're being told so far, it'll be ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a presumably of usual forty-five minute length. Yeah, and cast members John Barrowman, of course, and Ooh. Eve Miles will be returning. Linked to the past, yes, so Jack and Gwen are back. Yeah, mm. no word yet on anybody else. Yeah, the question is, I mean, are they just going to be a link, or are they going to be a permanent fixture in the series? I assume it'll be permanent. It is going to be overseen and written by, at least in some part by Russell T. Davies. It sounds like if it's ten episodes that they're not following on from the running theme they had with Children of Earth, that it's going back to the old individual, maybe with an overarching theme through it, but with individual stories. Mm. I think there would be one overall arc, but presumably with individual stories. But early days, and something here from Jane Tranter. Torchwood has attracted remarkable attention and loyalty in both the UK and the US. And this new partnership with stars, the next chapter will not only reward our current fans, but will also introduce new viewers to the most impressive installment yet. Ooh. I think she's got cold, isn't <laughs> she? She's got to take those lozenges, you know. And apparently the plot is going to go beyond Cardiff to locations worldwide. Ooh. Swansea. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to pay to get out over mm. the bridge. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> Bristol. <laughs> Where else? <laughs> Portishead. <laughs> Whitby. 
You never know, they might go as far as Scotland. Ooh. Blimey. Ooh, I doubt it, I doubt that highly. <laughs> It'd be Cardiff with a lick of paint and mm, yeah, a right, couple, yeah. of, couple of palm trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Finally, you got some good news about Torchwood. That's it, yeah. It's looking fairly dead there for a while. It's been, it's been quiet for a year. We've had no mm. information, yeah. really, for about a year. Since, since the Children of Earth finished. Yeah. And we were told it's done wonderful and it's fantastic and that's it. It does seem a little bit desperate. It's so quick after the Fox rejection. Yeah, yeah. They've gone mm. to this other network yeah. very quickly. It could be something they've actually had already prepared, but the BBC just don't want to pay out the expense at the moment. Could be. Mm. One thing's for sure, it won't be uh, stripped over one week. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, they'll do a proper series by the sound of it. Yeah. You are tying your audience into either videoing it or being home for five days, yeah. which a lot of people mm-hmm. have evening meetings, that kind of thing. If you do that too often, the audience aren't going to bother. Yeah. Because yeah. if I miss one, I might as well give up on it. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. it's the kind of thing you can do occasionally as a treat, and it has to be done very, very well. Mm. But if it's done too often, you lose the, the novelty of it. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. True. We shall see. Any more news? Nope, that looks like it. No, I have no addendum. So, thus endeth the news. Anyway, you wonderful people, we've all been watching television, haven't we? Have we? Have we? Oops. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes, we have been watching television. What have we we been watching, then? Um, Spoon Watch. Come dine with me. Uh, Yep. New Ways with Spam. (laughs) No, we've all been watching Doctor Who. Oh, that's... Right. I've got to try to jog my memory now. It was the second half one of the story so, yeah. we've seen a million times before about the Silurians not getting nasty with the uh, humans. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Cold blood. Cold blood. Cold mm. blood, yes. yes. By that old hack, Chris Chibnall. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And I have to say, have I not seen the plot before somewhere? Once, twice, thice? Yeah. Well... Every time the Silurians turn up, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, basically. <laughs> same, same plot. I have to admit, that is the most... Um, in a purely heterosexual point of view, she is the most gorgeous reptile you've ever seen. <laughs> and since when do reptiles have mammary glands? That is one thing I noticed. I mean, all Maybe the, the, uh, all, the uh, <laughs> all the Silurians were very curvaceous. They were. For, for reptiles, they're, um, you know, they, they've certainly evolved a bit. I think, I think yeah. it was the, there was one male in there, but even he was too. robed. Quite mm. excessively, so you couldn't mm. see yeah. his form. You think maybe. he had boobs too? He may have had boobs. Maybe too. he was quite curvaceous <laughs> yeah. as well. <laughs> he was just wearing the long robes. Mm, yeah. That, was, that was the politician one. It did seem all the military yeah. were female. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed that the Silurians were a very matriarchal society. Well, their leader, old uh, Marvin, Stephen Moore. Yeah, mm, the paranoid yeah, but... android. And the... <laughs> I'm sitting there listening, watching it and thinking, I know that voice. I know that one. Mm. Where have I heard that voice before? <laughs> yeah, but even then, I just got the impression he was only the nominal leader of the uh, yeah. Yeah. the city. So. Hmm. But where were we left last time? Um, the evil had... scientist was approaching poor, yeah. poor Amy yeah. with the device. Oh, well, yes. She was about to slice and dice. Slice and dice. He was about and to probe her. Take and her we had apart. Um, um, the doctor and... Nazarene? Nazarene, thank mm, you. That's it, yeah. The doctor and Nazarene just discovering the... City that no one was in, that no one was mm. in, yes, everyone was asleep. And Elliot, the kid, was missing, yep, yes, mm-hmm. yep. Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> and Elliot's, has Elliot's mum killed? Not at not that, that point, point. No. not at that point, no. And Amy, of course, was missing, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes, because she was having someone come in just to probe to, her, just about yes, to be yes. probed, yes. presumed probed. It's mm. the way his eyes light up. <laughs> yeah, I was just about yeah. to say, I, I suspect El Presidente was excited at this part of the story. And that little smile yeah. crosses. Well, apparently, uh, <laughs> so I hear the original <laughs> script was that uh, both Amy and Mo, who were yeah. captured, mm-hmm. yeah. being vivisected uh, or whatever, yeah. were meant to be in their underwear. Mm. <laughs> but they thought that was a bit too much for <laughs> yeah, for tea time viewing. Yeah. Mm. Don't tell me, as it was why. once said, and all the clothes fall off in the most tasteful <laughs> way. Best in the best possible taste. I'm not going to try flipping my legs because mm, the chair no. will collapse. Yeah. End up kicking the microphone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they can get away with it with, with Perry in a bikini. And then... <laughs> yeah, but that was back in the poor Neanderthal 80s, not in the Enlightened Tens. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, times have moved backwards since then. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> 
Um, this one again for me was 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 one of two halves. I think because uh, mm. I think it it slowed down a lot in this one when they, when mm. we got to the yes. the, the meeting. Yes. I won't say it dragged, but when they're sort of sitting down doing their diplomatic bit, mm. it did seem to slow there for me. Yeah, it's hard to believe they cut out too much of this episode yeah. after mm. yeah. cutting out about 15 minutes of the previous minutes one. Previous yeah, but there one, again, yeah. I mean, I couldn't help but get a slight feeling of deja vu about the entire second episode. Mm. The yes. way the yes. Doctor you know, sort of um, oh, he gets the Silurians and the humans to sit down and try and broker some sort of peace deal. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we have seen that before. So. Yeah. We've seen that, we uh, as has been mentioned, at least twice before in the original Silurians. And the Sea Devils. Not so much in... Warriors. Warriors of Warriors the on the Cheap, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but certainly Sea Devils won. Yes, but the good thing is the Silurians, or the um, Eocenes, or Homo Reptilia, <laughs> whatever they're called this time mm-hmm. around, yep. Yep. they yep. don't sound like John Major. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Or Cybermen. Or, or Cybermen. Or no. Larry the Lamb. Mm. And they, they were very humanised, yes. weren't they? Yes, yeah. those Im- amazingly humanised for reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they, and I, they I don't say, excellent. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the, let us have a dramatic voiceover for the beginning of the oh, scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, a thousand it was, years. Yeah. Presumably the point was to make it well, set up the fact that the Doctor's going to have a sacrifice of some kind and bad things are going to happen. Um, yeah. Oh, it invariably does. But didn't that used Price to happen in the plot, happen in the plot with them having to telegraph it to you that it might happen in the plot? <laughs> Wasn't the idea it used to happen and you go, oh my God, it would actually shock you. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like, oh, look what we're about to do. Look, look, we're about to do. Just in case you didn't spot it. Look what we're about. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, where the Doctor and the Silurians are concerned, I mean, well, there's inevitably going to be some sort of spanner thrown in the works. I mean. Yeah, but you wouldn't necessarily have expected the ending we, we got. Mm, but this no, kind of really. I mean, that this kind of hints towards it. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that was something of a capitulation, that was. I mean. well, certainly, the way it has been set up, you expected the first episode, you expected everything to end up fine, mm-hmm. so considering who turned up at the beginning of the episode to wave at everyone. Mm. Mm. Yes. I did like that bit at the end when they go back and she sees him and there is only her, so yeah, time it. has rewritten itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rory wasn't there and she's completely <laughs> forgotten about Rory. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also the bit where he puts his hand into the fissure that appears on the wall. He's going to put his hand into water. <laughs> the, the doctor... Yeah. Very nicely worded. <laughs> puts his hand into the fissure yep. that appears on the wall opposite the TARDIS and he drags out a bit of the burnt TARDIS yeah. door. Yeah, apparently. Mm. Well, certainly yeah. that's what the first impression is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a piece of a police box, box. Definitely yeah. a piece <laughs> that has mm. been slightly scorched. Um, well, not so much singed, just blown apart. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as I was saying to Real Keith, I mean, my assumption is the fishes in time, they are caused by the TARDIS exploding at some point in the past mm. or the future. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly, yeah. yeah. I'm sure we get better if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> kind of has to, really. Got better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, um, yeah. Before that, we have the militant... Tendency. Restack. 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 Yeah. She's basically trying to take charge of... Down below, she's yep. reawakened mm. all of her troops. She, she wanted a coup d'état. Mm. Yeah, kind of coup d'état. Yeah, yeah. They've been well. They've been kept in cold storage for you know, sort of countless millennia mm. in basically what looks like a load of bus shelters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very, very. Um, I wouldn't say low tech, but mm. unimpressive. The the, the storage areas. Yeah. Mm, the bus shelters. Yeah. Yes, the bus shelters. <laughs> well, they're asleep. They don't have to look at that, them. They that's just it. have to function. Yeah, yeah. They even just stand up. They need to lie down. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a bit of a conflict between the Silurians. Mm, yes. Again, this is very much harking back to the uh, first mm. Silurian story. Where mm. they, there is a bit of a conflict between the old Silurians mm. and the young Silu- the young militaristic Silurians yeah. and the scientists. They're almost having the a civil war yeah. within yeah. their own society. Well, it certainly yeah. seems that way. Yeah. One thing I noticed about the new Silurians, you've seen Tomo Reptilius, um, <laughs> they don't have the third eye. No. 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 That, that. I was just mm. said this one is a completely different branch of the family mm-hmm. sort of yeah. word. all I can say is their third eye has dropped and subdivided <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes there was I mean the makeup was absolutely wonderful but in some ways I almost preferred the man in the rubber suit <laughs> to the wonderful makeup yeah. because 
the original ones, although, okay, they were a bit, you know, very obviously paper mache or whatever, the high-tech... Which, which one's speaking? Him, he's wobbling. All yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> they were... It, it did make them look something different yeah. other than yeah. humans. Yeah. This wonderful makeup, yeah. absolutely great, beautiful makeup. It's a woman in brilliant makeup. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. that's the point, though, isn't it? They're trying to make them easier to empathise with. Mm-hmm. So we that's don't look fine. At them then, 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 then in that case, create a new monster that you want people to empathise with. Don't take an old monster and change it so completely well, a, a so as to make it... A lived on Earth before... Us. But they're mm. all supposed to be related, and and yeah. yeah, humans don't change that much, no matter where you go on the planet. We might change nah, our hair colour, we might mm-hmm. change our height, we might change our skin colour, but all of us have two arms as a rule, two legs as a rule, and two eyes as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yeah. and it just seems that they they kind of changed it for the want of it, and and have lost something of but, the original, but. Yeah, I agree and understand what you're saying, but would the younger generation who don't know or have seen Silurians empathise as much with the new version, which mm. does looks obviously human to empathise with, than the man in the rubber suit? I, I, what I'm trying, Pro- not, probably not, but then yeah. you don't have to use Silurians in that case. You can, you but can then have you're your back own... to the third race that has evolved on Earth. You know, yeah. you're in an alternative universe, <laughs> <laughs> which you're desperately hoping for. <laughs> Please let it be an alternative universe. Yeah. I don't um, want to see those Daleks again. <laughs> one, one small tip of the hat uh, to the old, to the classic series is, um, yeah, the Silurians still have their blunderbuss come CD type weapons. Oh yeah, mm. that, that was very much based on the old uh, Sea Devil. Sea Devil. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yes. While I remember groveling apology. Um, he got it wrong. I got it he wrong. Got oh, yes. it wrong. <laughs> what did he get wrong? What did he get wrong? Huh? Um, uh-huh. I, ref- I refer to uh, Silurians being reptilian as uh, homeothermics. I was wrong, they are poikilothermics. He got it the wrong way round. Yes. Humans are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, humans are homeothermic. Yeah. Right. Well, everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. Of course. I did, but I didn't want to correct him because yeah. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, I kind of, I, I quite enjoyed the first half of this. Yeah. And got quite into, ignoring what I'm saying about yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Silurians yeah. looking too good looking kind of stuff. Mm. And quite enjoyed it. And I liked the, the whole thing of them using the poison and reptiliarising. Mm, very the long human. tongues. Yes. Um, the second half, it kind of did feel like it was dragging yes. somewhat. Yeah. And to some extent, it was almost telegraphing the plot as it was coming along. Yeah, you you I, could I, almost see, okay, the scientists are going to uprise. Yeah, I've got, I got to know. agree with you on that. And, and it's almost like the second half, I felt like the second half let the first yeah. half down. Yeah, most two parts, the first half was absolutely wonderful. Mm. was gripping and brilliant <laughs> mm-hmm. okay but it was let down in comparison to the second half the second half was much slower and yeah. uh, as, I, as I said before you had the uh, negotiation scene which just seemed to put the brakes on for a little while mm. true true yeah I did like as well about this one, just for change, you actually had someone who didn't act in the most honourable and best <laughs> way. You had a mother that would sacrifice yeah. everything to protect and find a son. <laughs> yeah. And if the doctor didn't realise that any mother of any species will do everything to find and protect their child, and that includes killing something mm. of another species, I'm sorry, but what That's... planet or planets is he ever been yeah, on? That, this that... is the woman who didn't notice her son was missing for about ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is true. But there's probably but, a bit of guilt in there as yeah, well, you know. Maybe. But, you know, it, it was one of those situations where it was finally nice to see someone who acted in a more base survival element yeah. than mm, yeah. Yeah. the most times the humans all act in this very honourable way, and mm. which is what we would like to think we would do, yeah, that, but you kind of know someone would real, end up Real-life intruding. Mm, yeah. 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 We simply aren't like that. Uh, top, of, top of that. I won't say the uh, the character uh, the the Silurian they captured. I can't remember the name Rushtak or something. No, that's, the, no, that's um, just uh, something else. Anyway, give me the nest, didn't yeah, it? Well, Sel- Sel- Alaya. 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 She said in episode one, I how can I put it? She wasn't willing to commit suicide, but she wanted to die to provoke the war. So she yes, was yeah. Still, yeah. She means everything she could she, to provoke them. She was goading. She was goading them. them. Yeah, go, yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank, she was goading them to kill her. Yeah. yeah oh so, yeah. 
very military yeah, diver mm, to mm, cause a yeah, war. And, and there's it. only so many times you can turn the other cheek. You know? yeah, and it, it, right. before, yeah. before you are taunted into action. And mm. you've got this woman, her father's being poisoned, yeah. her son's mm. being kidnapped, That's she's it. being threatened. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'll take some positive action, no matter who this person yeah. who means mm, nothing yeah. in my life turns up. And it's like, it was refreshing to actually see someone acting a non-altruistic mm. manner. yeah. Mm. yeah. Hence the uh, Silurian Eocene Homo, homo Reptilius. Uh, <laughs> being, determined to say that every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah being tasered. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Multiple yeah. tasers. Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wouldn't normally kill somebody, wouldn't have thought. But, you know, alien. Yeah, alien yeah, reptile, you know. Mm. Don't know what. Different life Yeah, I mean, I've, one thing, I mean, okay, they're supposed to be reptilian, but they act in more in a sort of human manner. I mean, sort of, when you look at a reptile, a lizard, or something like that, their movements are very sort of quick and jerky. Yeah. Mm. If you were going to make them as these much more huge, and okay, give them benefit of the doubt. It's been a couple of million years since they last wandered around the planet. Mm. They've evolved a bit more, and maybe all species end up looking <laughs> something like yeah. we do, reptilians and, mm-hmm. and mammals. Yeah. Yes, there was there was aspects that could be brought in to give mm. you more yeah. of a reptilian yeah. feel mm-hmm. to like them rather than. Language. Yeah. A human being in a green mask. Yeah. It, it. You didn't have that feeling of alienness. I think that was I, deliberate. I felt with it. Mm. I think that was deliberate to make it as if they were just like us. That was the whole point of it, wasn't it? We were the same as them. Yeah. As bad as them. Mm. I that's think a very, could, that's a very valid point, that is, yeah. I'm afraid I've got to agree with Gene's like They could have tweaked the body language mm. a little mm. bit more. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah. yeah, but as you were saying, I mean, sort of, the whole point of those two episodes, I mean, was to sort of highlight the differences and the similarities. Mm. Yeah. Um, so if the only way you can associate is because it's human, that kind of somewhat limits... The Doctor, because does this mean we then get into the realms of, okay, if it's a real nasty-looking bug-eye monster, it's going to be a villain? Is it almost going to have the coat clade go around going, ha, 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 I am the bad guy because I don't look nice? <laughs> Are we not going to have sympathy with the aliens mm. because they're alien? Yeah, sometimes mm. things aren't as clear-cut as they seem, so... That's it. Mm. Oh, and Rory takes a bullet. Yeah, on to the end. Mm. Yeah. That's yep. it. I was quite sad about that. that. I liked yeah, Rory. Was, yeah. Well, I'm not convinced I've seen the last of him. Oh, of really course not. we have oh, no, 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 no. But it was still, like I said, thanks to the beginning shot with them both turning up over the other side of the mm, hill, that's it. you think that it's going to end up fine with them getting back I into didn't. the TARDIS. I didn't. I think I said in the last episode. Yeah, you thought, did. Yeah, mm, you, you mentioned that going to yeah. happen. But him one, hanging around on the grave like that was mm. a bit of a... One thing Quartet, I noticed, I mean, it? the last time we saw the Time Fisher in um, oh, the ones with you, uh, <laughs> <thank you. laughs> in uh, f- uh, Flesh and Stone, yeah. yeah, the people's disappearance was bang, just like that. Yeah. Whereas um, Rory's disappearance, it was much more sort of prolonged. Mm. I mean, you could almost see the Time Fisher reaching out to him, sort of gradually sort of... He was almost enveloped, wasn't mm, he? Yeah. And then almost like a spider cocoon mm-hmm. in its prey. Mm. I, I think uh, um, uh, Terry Pratchett has a word for this. It's, uh, oh, God, I'm trying... Poetic licence? Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the laws of poetic licence. Mm-hmm. The crack is obeying the law of poetic licence. Yeah, we to didn't make actually, it more... We didn't actually see them vanish, though, did no. we? They just went off. They just went off then into they the light. Gone. Then they were gone. I mean, that was, it just seemed very abrupt. Yeah. It may have done, from mm-hmm. our point of view, not... not you know, it wasn't but then we, if if the if the fisher is, <laughs> <laughs> is associated with Amy, that could be because he is much more important to Amy than they were. He mm. is something that's within her life. So if her emotions or her being is in some way involved in this yeah. this Fisher thing, mm. then that's why it may be acting in a more tender way almost mm. to him. He is a personal attachment. Maybe. Again, in connection with this, personally, I've got to continue praising Karen Gillan's acting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much When so, yeah. uh, Rory died, her, she went dead. Her eyes mm. went dead, and the, the emotion just... You could see it bubbling under, but just left her face. Yeah. Mm. So, I, again, she's going up, still going up in my estimation oh, yeah. as an actress. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> but uh, overall, it was... It was an enjoyable enough oh, story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, it wasn't yeah. the best, but it wasn't no, the worst. No, it wasn't. It was... They've done worse, but yeah. they've done a lot better. It was, it was watchable. I, th- I think it was, for those that have seen this story before, it was, <laughs> it was yeah, this is nice, <laughs> but I've seen it before. Mm. For people who haven't seen the other three versions, it probably was <laughs> quite good and imaginative and that kind of thing. So I think we've got to ignore, ignore the fact we're old hands, that's so to it, speak. That's <laughs> it. Old crumblies. I did think it was a bit... 
bit of a shame they didn't dwell more on Rory's death. Yeah. It was required by the plot that she forget, and therefore yeah. you know, that's the end of it, effectively. Well, that's it. I mean, you could almost see her memories of him slipping away as, yeah. as she spoke. So. And again, her acting ability. Mm. Yeah. Oh, and the Doctor film. hiding the ring. Yeah, you'll oh, notice yes. that the ring is still there. Mm. Yeah, the but he hides there. it. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, what that brings. Mm-hmm. We've only got what, uh, four more episodes to go after mm. this one. Yeah, about that. Yeah. About that, yep. yep. So we shall see. Mm. It'll yes. all soon be over. No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, you did. <laughs> now... We've all been to the cinema, haven't we? Yes. 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 But, but we didn't all go and sit in the back row together, though. No. 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 Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Mm. Oh, I didn't. None. Pralines. No, it's nachos with the yeah. cheese sauce. No, oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I had no, nachos no, with the cheese no, no, sauce. Definitely, definitely the, the ice cream with chocolate fudge. Chocolate, chocolate brownie ice um, cream. Um, should we talk about the film and not what we ate? Well, oh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, yeah. What did we go and see, boys and girls? We went yeah. to see Iron Man 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep, yep, yep. The second Iron Man. That's why it's called Iron Man 2. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel. And Iron Man, all jets of blaze. He's fight and slight with the closer race. Amazing armor. Yes, Iron Man. Amazing armor. Well, quick summing up my overall impressions. Go on then. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was a nice little romp. Yeah. Don't think it was quite as good as number one. I think out of the two of them, I prefer number one. Yeah, I probably agree mm. in general. I think the, the ending might have been actually a bit stronger in this one. Could have been. Could have been, but... Mm. But it's still rather formulaic yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sort of hero, sort of hero getting the girl in the end, sort of, sort of, sort of snogging at the end. So. Oh, well, yeah. The big confrontation. and mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, I think... I thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. It's just that I think... I I enjoyed the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think the first one's much more serious. This one is having fun. And it's having fun at its Mm -hmm. own expense and it knows it. The first (laughs) one was a lot, lot more kind of like serious superhero. And I think that's what I enjoy about this one. It's it's enjoying itself. Mm. The, the whole well, kind of like, you know, poking fun a bit of itself. Mm. I think the first film uh, was very much laying the groundwork for who uh, Iron Man and Tony Stark was. Oh, mm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because it's the first one, so you've got to fill in the backstory. Well, that's it. I mean, yeah, I mean, for the reason he got the... Uh, sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah, the... Uh, box of lights. Yeah, yeah, the box of lights in his chest and such. And um, the whole reason for building uh, his uh, Iron Man co- yeah, suit. I mean, as for Iron Man 2, I mean, sort of one of the, I'm a rock music fan, so the main... <laughs> Yeah, so the main reason I went to see it was, you know, sort of emblazoned all over the picture, soundtrack by ACDC. I thought, oh, yeah, I must have some of this. Okay. Uh-oh. ACDC fan. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yes. And they only had two ACDC songs throughout the entire film. <laughs> one, one of them was over the trailers, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only songs they had was right at the start, where um, he's making his descent to the um, expo. Mm-hmm. That was That's a sh- you know, shoot a thrill. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the other song, Highway to Hell, right to the end credits. Yeah. <laughs> So I was sitting. Well, I mean, I must confess, I was sitting there, sort of through the rest of the film, going, "Where's the ACD?" <laughs> I, I take I, an iPod with you. Mm, I have yeah. to admit, I was a little bit disappointed there wasn't more ACD mm, for yeah. me. I'm not sure I could have recognised it if I'd heard it. Yeah, so. I, I've got to admit, I didn't. So that didn't actually distract or, or didn't, spoil the film for me. me least. Yeah. It's um, very much Robert Downey Jr. doing a comedy routine. So not not trying to distract from his uh, acting, because I thought he right. was wonderful, but uh, a drunk Iron Man at the mm. party. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all, all, literally, all, what's he doing? A clay pigeon shooting with yeah. the various yeah. Yeah. glasses yeah. and trays. Yeah. Mm. I'm not quite so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was very much portraying a man who was dying as well. well. That's it. Yeah. He, yeah. he knows he's indestructible, but at the same time, he knows his time's up. And when mm-hmm. you've got someone in that position where they can do whatever they want, but there's a finite limit mm. to this, what's what's going to harm them? What can't they do? And he kind of almost well, went off the rails. He's, well, it, he's more or less celebrating what, it, like it was the last day of his life. Yeah. It also does mm. touch very slightly, very slightly, on the original source, the comic strip, the Iron Man, Tony Stark and that, is a recovering alcoholic. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it... 
touches very briefly on, on the source material. I mm. thought that was more powerfully done in the first film than this mm. film, yeah. to be honest. Well, this I, one I, is I'm, a bit more larky around. He I'm, wasn't quite mm, so... Yeah, I'm just saying that it's, well, it's doing his comedy turn. I think yeah. the first film dealt very much... I mean, he was very much uh, an immoral character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the only thing he cared about was amassing wealth... Mm-hmm. And basically, or selling his wares, namely sort of, you know, sort of weapons and such, to the highest bit, bidder, without giving a toss about how they get, you know, about yeah. how they get used. They're used yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what. I mean, that's what I, th- I think. Both films are very good, but they are they are dark and light in a way. Mm. They yeah. are they are chalk and cheese. So it's difficult to compare them with each other because one is a much darker, much more serious film. Yes, it's the introduction to the characters, but the characters themselves are much more damaged. The second film is the other side of that yeah. spectrum. Mm, yeah, it's the flip side, and, yeah. And it's then very difficult. Unlike Batman, where virtually every movie mm-hmm. is a dark, moody yeah. movie kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff, it's it's much harder with the Iron Man 2 to make the comparison to Iron Man 1 because he's, the characters are in a different place. Mm. Yeah. And unless in some way they're going to create an environment for it all to become dark and moody again... They had to deal with what they got, and I think they thought, right, well, we'll make this much more lighter. Mm. We'll make it almost not comic, yeah, but there was a comical er- I mean, element yeah, to def- some of definitely it. Definitely comical mm. elements. But having said that, you still had a few very good standout comic comedy elements in the first film. Oh yes, especially oh, with yeah. the, especially with the robotic arm. Mm. Yes, mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that always reminds me of the Scutters from Red Dwarf. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> the same personality. Yeah. I think as well. I mean, you always expect one to turn around behind his and start sticking his fingers, fingers up, up yeah. his bag. <laughs> or join the John Wayne fan club. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's no word in the third one. I think they're going to do the Avengers mm. film. I think the, the Avengers before they film do another. Is, is, oh, the no. Avengers after Thor, yeah. Oh, I'm th- I'm, I'm, no, no, not, not Steve. John Steve. No, yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, of, yeah. no. no. <laughs> well, so one one of the people at work I saw it said they were a bit concerned that this one was concentrating too much on introducing the Avengers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whilst I knew who the Avengers were, I didn't make the conscious link while watching mm. the movie. It no. wasn't mm. until I mentioned it afterwards. And I don't think it was overplayed no. in this one. It, yes, it introduced the idea of the Avengers and some of the characters and that this is a potential for him to join, loving yeah. the character analysis mm. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but I don't think it, it interfered too much mm. into this Iron it's, Man. It's no. been a running theme from the past, what, year, two years oh, more, yeah. of Marvel films. Mm. Yep. Mm. Hulk, because you had Iron Man turn up in Hulk very briefly right at the end. Yep. Yep. Uh, the first Iron Man film, you yep. had the Nick Fury character yep. who has more of a play in the second a Iron lot Man more, film. Yes. A lot, a lot more, yes. Yeah. So it's a sort of a running. They've been gearing up to this but, but, yeah. the past mm. couple of years. Yeah, going on from what Gene was saying, I mean, about um, yeah, the Avengers. I mean, there are so many sort of hero teams in sort of Marvel and DC comics. I mean, that's to say, the Avengers, Fantastic Four, I mean, they've been sort of turned into sort of celluloid already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who else? I mean, there's all. Uh, well, X Men as yeah. well. Uh, who else? Uh, Alpha Flights. I mean, haven't touched upon them. So. No, no, nothing. There's stuff at all. Really. I'm, I'm not. Well, quite Alpha, up on my, my Alpha Flight is the Canadian version of um, yeah, X Men and. Um, okay. Mm-hmm, the Avengers. I think the one nice thing they did with both the first and second of the Iron Man is you don't have to be a DC comics oh, fan. Mm. You don't have to be a fan of the comics. You don't need to know any of the backstory or anything like that. They do both stand alone you don't have to yep. see the first one they to see the second to. one yeah. they stand as individual films and they stand alone as just good old-fashioned action adventure yeah. movies oh, yeah, especially at the end yeah. Bubblegum you, movies, you can work it out yeah. you know you don't you might not see that iron man one but you can work yeah. it out pretty quickly to get to where you are in iron mm. man too <laughs> yeah. um you know there, there's a lot of um not gratuitous violence, but cartoon gratuitous violence <laughs> and explosions. Yeah. Yeah, but, and yeah, the main thing was, I mean, sort of the, the adversaries they were fighting weren't human, they were battle yeah. droids. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I would recommend it. I would yeah. probably get it on DVD. Yeah, so, yeah same here. So. Certainly as superhero films go, it's mm. one of the better ones. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've had a, pretty we, rubbish. We've had other ones out that have been a lot, lot worse. Yeah. Hulk, for example. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit, you, seen it. the only ones I've, I've liked Hulk. before have been one or two of the Batman and mm. the X-Men. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because they've treated them a bit more like this. They've treated them a bit more adult-like and... They they haven't made them too child, and that's the nice thing about this one. Although it's comic, it's not childish. Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, Fantastic Four 
there became was a bit quite, too childish. Yeah, yeah. Second one, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, there were quite a few sort of elements of humour in the uh, Silver Surfer one. Mm. Mm. Uh, Spidey two. No, no, Spidey Man two, two is okay. was a good one. Yeah. Not not Doc three, Octopus. two with, with Doc Ock. Yeah, mm. I'd I, I think that. what put me off the Spidey was I couldn't get past all the teenage angst, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it turned into a teenage angst fest, mm. oh, and I lost the plot expect. eventually. <laughs> well, as I say, with Spider Man three, there were just too many adversaries yeah, going on, yeah. too oh, too much going on. They, it was they, all yeah. telegraphed. They, they mm. Tried tried to do Batman. The mm. early Batman films yeah. with throwing every single adversary they could <laughs> think mm. of in there. The Clooney one, yeah. yeah. But no, go and see it. If you like, if you like on, action definitely. adventure movies, I'd recommend it, definitely. Mm. Yeah, it and DVD if you haven't it seen it, it at the cinema, mm. do get it on Blu-ray if you've got a Blu-ray mm. player because <laughs> there are enough good special effects in this to oh, make it worth so. the wild of the mm. Blu-ray, I suspect. Yeah, I'd say very enjoyable film, but not enough ACDC in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at all convinced most films are worth the money they're charging for cinemas nowadays. I wouldn't probably have paid this. Yeah. Having No, I would wait to the DVD or something. No. Thank heavens it wasn't in 3D. Oh, God. It's like window. Right, now, you lovely people out there, you've been sending us feedback. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, both. And thank you. And thank you. Keith. 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 I'm thanking you. Keith. Sorry. Thank you. Yes, both Dead Tree version and sort of sent through cyberspace as well. So, here's a selection. We have one here from Ari B. He says, Dear Staggering Stories team, and hello to the head of Pertwee and Coldwell Raimi too. Hello. Hello. She's getting on there, is she? Oh, yeah. I've been listening to your show for a little while now, and around about when the end of time first aired, and I've only just felt the need to write him recently after hearing what I can only consider to be a grave injustice. Oh. I speak, dear Staggerers, of your constant pummeling of the US version of Life on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, the ending mainly, I think. Yeah. I realised the show wasn't perfect. It had its share of flaws. Some of the acting was weak, and the ending was utterly pants. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> but I feel that it had its share of good points as well. One, Harvey Keitel did a wonderful rendition of Gene Hunt. Mm. Different from Philip Glanister's, but still yeah. respectful of the character, in my opinion. Okay. Two, the US show tried to have little nods to the original. Instead of the Railway Arms pub, the cops drank at a bar called Glenister's. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a similar nod to John Sim as well, if I can recall correctly. Mm. Three, most important to me, the show nailed 1973's New York in look and feel. Yeah. Admittedly, I wasn't born until 1978. My family left New, left New York City for Boston in 1982. Mm. But the New York that show painting matches up to my childhood memories, family photos, and later experiences when I lived in New York while at university. <laughs> in the remade pilot, there's a scene in which Sam turns up and says, You've got to be kidding me, as the camera turns to the show at the, at the time newly completed World Trade Center. <laughs> I won't lie, it gave me goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> As much as I feel the original Life on Mars captured the 1970s, I enjoyed the US version's 1973 New York more because I was able to relate to it more directly than 1973 Manchester. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that what I'm trying to say is what, was while it wasn't fantastic and the original was better, it wasn't as bad as you make it out to be. Best wishes, Harry B. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I think Thank the you. problem is... Most of us only over here have only ever watched the last well, episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the, that's probably the trouble. I've seen maybe two others, actually. Yeah, I yeah. have watched one or two of the others, and I did remember sitting there thinking, this will appeal to Americans more than it will British, and it did strike me that it was much more of a homage to the time that Americans will get, yeah. like Life on Mars yeah. and Ashes to Ashes was enough. to us. Yeah. Um, yeah, different animal, but... Uh, Sorry. Sorry. Right, uh, I've got one here from Reese. Hello, Hello Reese. Hello, Reese. Dear team, I have just listened to the episode of one of the two Stargate podcasts out there, right. and one podcast is going to be at the weekend long Timegate convention. And that is, as you can possibly guess, that is a Doctor Who and Stargate convention. He is a sport, sport man. That would be my heaven. <laughs> there are two. Uh, there are my two favourite shows. Also, Robert Carlyle, Stargate Universe's lead man, and of course Hamish on Hamish Macbeth. Oh yeah, was approached to be the uh, Doctor Eleventh Doctor. Yes, mm. it, it was one of the ones that was in the running. I think I would okay. never be able to take Robert Carlyle seriously as a <laughs> Doctor because I would just see him ripping his clothes off all the time. A la mm, full oh yes, full Monty. Full Monty. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
that would have meant he would have had uh, mean a lot for both series if he had said yes, but he didn't. Yep. Interestingly, but understandably, Russell T. Davis was a bit shocked and disappointed, but he did comment a bit about Stargate on a forum or something, but it wasn't to the public. But if it had been, I bet I would have been injured emotionally because Stargate <laughs> Universe wouldn't have been had such a good actor. I might not have been started. Mm. So it shows how weak the industry of entertainment can be. Definitely. What were your thoughts on the matter? Of course, we would have had an older Doctor, but that wouldn't mean that would mean an older companion. Not necessarily. No, not no. necessarily. I love having TV shows in the here and now to talk about. As in, I'm not catching up on DVD and whatnot. And there we are into the third part, uh, three-part cliffhanger for Stargate Universe Season 1. And God, I need someone to talk about it with or just hear someone else's take about it. <laughs> Technically, it is a two-part cliffhanger, but like Utopia and the Sound of Drums and the Last of the Ta- Time Lords, it really leads into the last two episodes. Keep on coming up with good ideas, have fun, and I hope you see, hopefully see you at the proms from Reese. Yeah, yes. hope to see you at the proms. I still haven't watched any Stargate no, Universe. I've never caught any yet. I, keep, I, I, keep I saw the first two episodes. Yeah, I keep no. attempting to watch it, but I just miss it. Not by purpose, but I keep forget. I'm old. I keep forgetting. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't want to come in halfway through, so yeah. you have to get the DVDs. Or anything, yeah. Right? See, okay. I like Richard Carlyle. I rate him as an actor, yeah. so I, I would like to see them. But... I think it's a case of we're going to have to Richard... wait until they, they come out on DVD and try to catch them then. Robert, sorry, not Richard. Robert <laughs> Carlyle. Okay, we have a letter from Patrick. Yo, Patrick. Patrick. This staggering stories team, the head of Pertwee and the cardboard aiming. Hilda Knobnacker. Great show last week. Sorry I didn't get the chance to send in any feedback. I noticed something else too. In the last one, El Presidente seemed to be talking a lot more. <laughs> from True. this and the, shut up. From this and the fact that Gene wasn't there, I can conclude that Adam must be scared of Gene. <laughs> it's probably true. No, <laughs> you can't get a word in edgeways, I think. Always talking, I don't know. They do sit both together in the corner there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this seems to be the only answer. Look out, Adam, there seems to be a new competitor for Ruler of the Universe! <laughs> They're, they're quieter generally. Oh, they? okay. Well, no. It's always the ones you don't suspect. That's it. <laughs> the email comes to you in a measly two parts. Oh, no. Nothing measly about it. Doctor Who and Ashes to Ashes. Oh. Part the first. Amy's choice. I have actually seen The Hungry Earth and Cold at the time of writing this email. As have you, I believe. Yep. But yep. I'm feeling lazy today, so I'll just review episode seven at this time. Fine, be lazy. Everyone mm-hmm. has to be sometimes. You guys said that the trailer had partly spoiled it for you. Why was that? What did they say? Whatever it was, I didn't see it. So I went into the into this one not really knowing what to expect. When it opened in Amy and Rory's back garden, it was pretty clear something wasn't right. No, I don't mean Rory's ponytail. (laughs) There was definitely something else weird going on. This was confirmed when they all woke up from the dream in the TARDIS. There follows an extremely confusing few minutes as they sleep, wake, sleep, wake, wake, (laughs) sleep, until the dream lord fellow turns up. Now, I have to admit, as he turned up and said he could influence your dreams, it clicked in my mind that something was wrong. He's smart, is this, Patrick? (laughs) (laughs) If one of the worlds was reality, how could the Dream Lord be there, altering that world? But I thought the actor who played him, Toby Jones, I believe, played the role perfectly. The way he just seemed to appear and disappear, offering snide comments and generally insulting the Doctor. In the Ledworth world, the mouth aliens whose names I've forgotten were okay. I think they were okay as long as an episode didn't revolve completely around them. I did enjoy the Doctor chucking the old woman (laughs) off the roof, though. (laughs) I had to admit, so did I. (laughs) The resolution was good, especially the revelation that... Spoiler music, music, spoiler music. The Dream Lord was the Doctor. Doctor. Dun, dun, dun. I doubt anyone would have guessed that. 
Some people were complaining that nothing actually happened in this episode since it was all a dream. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I no. think Amy in particular yeah. changed her attitudes towards Rory in this episode. Definitely. And we saw a much darker side of the Doctor. Something we've seen before, but never like this. Eight out of ten. Oof. Two other quick things. There was no crack in this episode <laughs> for mention of it either. It's true, there wasn't a mention no, or anything, no. And also, I agree with G. Yeah. Also, I agree with G, master of the universe, <laughs> mistress of the universe. I think that the budget seems to be lowered for this series. What do you think yeah. might have caused the cut? Lack of money. money yeah. Mm. Mind you, they're spending a fair bit on sending them to posh places for the confidential. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the, the BBC drama department's budget's been cut generally this year. Just generally all over. Yeah, um, it's just, you know, one of those things. Part the second, The mm. Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. The Ashes to Ashes final was incredible. Yeah. What more can we say? <laughs> it took me a little while to really get what was happening, since I've only seen this season. But it was nice to see that you guys called it. No sign <laughs> yeah. of the mysterious <laughs> 6620 Bible reference, though. The walls didn't come crashing down, mm -hmm. so maybe mm -hmm. it was just a red herring. Well, no, we did say it was possibly the walls of illusion. Mm, yeah, and yeah. The, the the illusion that this being a real world did come crashing yep. down when they yep. realised that they um, were all... So, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still yeah, think it's metaphor, right. metaphor. We hope you know that they're all. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Spoiler news. <laughs> <Spoiler alert. laughs> oh, it's a bit too late now. <laughs> the walls didn't come crashing down, so maybe it's a red herring. Daniel Mays as Keats put in a fantastic performance, possibly showing up Phil Glenister in the final scene as he went absolutely <laughs> mental. Yeah. He could hiss well. <laughs> I really loved the ending as the next guy came in and Gene carried on his duty. Yep. A brilliant series and one will be missed. Definitely. Ten out of ten. <laughs> Definitely. That's all for now. I'll probably send my escape pod discs when you guys have finished with the Doctor Who and such, oh, yeah. so there's mm -hmm. more time. Bye yeah. for now, Patrick. Bye bye, mm, Patrick. 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 P.S. <gasps> He's back. I just remembered. Right. I bought Doctor Horrible's sing-along blog mm. on your recommendation. <laughs> That's good. And I might send in a review of it when it gets delivered. Stay tuned for that. Please do, please do. <laughs> you were, you wish to speak? Did you wish to speak, Al Presidente? <laughs> I, I may allow this. <laughs> That's really. Here we go. <laughs> we have one here from Chris. Hello, Hello, Chris. Hello Chris. It's uh, over three pages long, so uh, <laughs> gird your loins. Hello, staggering stories and a shades wearing head of Smith. <laughs> the hungry earth, cold blood. For me, reading the synopsis of this one really read like a classic setup. <laughs> I mean, classic in the original series sense. Mm. A small community with a drilling project. Only when the drilling downwards stops, someone starts drilling upwards, and the ground is eating people. This even starts like many an old-school classic, with a character being killed off within the first five minutes. What was different this time, though, was establishing beforehand that the character, as a father, had his dyslexic son. Very unique. Also, some nice choice phrases taken from the Gruffalo. Very creepy and good mood setting. We get some more timey-wimey stuff with Amy and Rory's future selves turning up at the start of this. I like this, but I thought the production team missed a trick here. I would have liked future Rory and Amy to be the ones to point the Doctor towards the big mining thing. There was a nice moment after this with Rory mistaken as a plainclothes policeman and mm -hmm. just going with it. <laughs> also, the Doctor eating the grass. Very funny. But what did he expect it to taste like? The scene where the ground devours Amy was very frightening. Karen Gillan really sold her being scared and not wanting to suffocate. I also found myself welling up when the beautiful piano chord started playing and her tell Rory. I think the look in the doctor's eyes when he's sonicking the patch of earth afterwards says it all. After this, there's some very nice bits of the doctor thinking out loud. I'm making perfect sense. You're just not keeping up. And shush, I'm going mad. <laughs> During all the stuff with everyone setting up the surveillance equipment, there were some lovely little scenes between the Doctor and Elliot. Once again, some nice underplaying of the Doctor missing his home from Matt Smith. Also, I think the young actor named Elliot was quite good. Mm. The casting team mm. have done very well this year with their child actors. Yeah. Now then, Matt Smith in the dark, wearing shades. I don't know if there's anything cooler than that. <laughs> it was also good to see the boys working together, this time to capture a layer and shatter in a van. Okay, Here's a bit where I talk about the new look of the reptile people. That's what I'm sticking to for this. 
It's not that the new makeup and costume didn't make me believe in this creature, which is perfectly fine, and again, taking him in a different direction. For me, though, it was the body language and the posture of actress Neve McIntosh which made me believe this creature as real and on its guard. The whole scene between Alea and the Doctor was also very good, especially the way Matt Smith spoke about not being fooled by the last of their species line. One disturbing thing I picked up on later from the following scene with the Doctor explaining the origins of the Homo reptilia to the others was when Tony was talking about cutting up the creature for research. This, as we find out later, was exactly the thing the scientists did to Mo. This one act demonstrated that we all think along the same lines. The scene where the Doctor decides to take Nazreen with him as she enters the TARDIS was great. I think Mira Sayal has done a top job with this character. Just the right amount of inquisitiveness and excitement, and it's telling that while I was watching, I wasn't thinking about the actress but the character. Something which I really sadly can't say of all guest actresses. Voyage of the Damned, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> a few small things start off part two. Those great pieces of narration from Eldane only improves when you hear them again with him speaking from the future. Also, any talk of this series being made cheaply must stop now, after watching Nazarene and the Doctor walking through the underground city. All its shiny loveliness, and Amy picking the scientist's pocket. Very good piece of dialogue. I suppose I'll jump straight to the killing of Alea. Watching a goady Ambrose on was just horrible to listen to. I'm not just saying she deserved to die, but it was quite literally a fatal flaw in her character. I'm wondering now if that was planned from the outset, or she saw her chance to start the war and took it. I'll just say one thing about the confrontation Restack on the screen. There's a great little piece of Jaws-esque music when she demands to see her sister. Speaking of Restack, what a small-minded, uncompromising military leader she was. Although I like that this race now have their own brigadier figure. Also like that there was disagreement between her and the scientist Maloke. Richard Hope did a lot with a not very large part. Cue sniggers from the team. <laughs> as for Stephen Moore as Eldane, very calm and reasonable. I never realised he has such a great voice. We knew for a long time once the others brought Alea back, the trouble would start, and indeed that was a wonderful orchestrated scene with them bringing the body like that. I got such a feeling of dread and impending fear at seeing that. I was complete with the Doctor for Brady Ambrose for what she did. Absolutely right. My feelings, however, were only made worse at Restack entering with her troops and her line of execute them. Felt like a stab in the heart, any chance of peace at this time. I'd like to congratulate Chris Chibnall for creating the right story to bring back this complex and varied race of reptile people. And I don't say this to degrade his efforts at all, but there should have been another way. <laughs> the solution of letting the creatures sleep for another thousand years was probably the best outcome there could be after what Restack did. Tony's decision to stay behind was very sad, especially his goodbye to Elliot. And Nazarene's very unexpected but understandable. I really hope that at some point in the future there's is a book, audio, or another TV story which is a sequel to this and they finally get the peaceful agreement we've been waiting for. The next bit's going to be hard. Rory being shot at the end. Of course, it's desperately, desperately sad that he's not only gone, but never was. I think my only comfort of this is that the Doctor still remembers. Did I say Karen's best acting was in Amy's choice? No, her crying scenes in this knock that out of the water. It's almost too much to see her this desperate not to leave him. There's been some talk of Rory possibly returning in the end of the season. I won't comment on this, but wait until the season has finished before I decide how I feel about this. I'd like to thank Arthur Darvill for... for... Uh, <laughs> sorry, what was I saying? Finally, we have, supposedly, a piece of the TARDIS pulled from the crack. Now that we know all the titles for this season, I'm feeling quite worried about what's going to happen on the 26th of the 6th, 2010. Speak to you again, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Do we know if Amy's in the next season, or is she just signed up for this? We don't know at the moment. Rumour has it she is, but... We heard that about Rose Tyler in season three as well. Yeah, because so, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if this is an alternative universe whole scenario that you a, that Rory comes back and it kind of like resets itself and a bit like Donna forgets suddenly yeah. she grows up never having met the Doctor and maybe meet him all over again. Yeah, mm-hmm. or meets him all over again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Right, we have one here from Benjamin Elliott. Ah. Hello, Benjamin. Benji. He says, "Greetings, Staggering Stories team." Hello. Hello. For cold blood, I was going to do my first piece of audio feedback for your show Ep. using my recently downloaded Audacity program to plagiarise an Elton John song. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> Amy's bow. Oh, dear. <laughs> I had right. some good ideas to make the song funny and much less sickeningly earnest. I, to- <laughs> I totally agree with you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> this and is the- an ACDC fan. I'm not surprised <laughs> to agree. <laughs> no, they're just so twee and saccharine, especially the Diana version. That had me reaching for my bedside bucket, that did. <laughs> then the original two versions, but Audacity and I are getting along like Daleks and Cybermen at a dance-off. Mm, oh dear. Oh. So, no musical number. 
Oh. Someday I'll get an audio program working correctly and start doing MP3 feedback. Oh. It'll be an interesting day. <laughs> Chris Chibnall was something sometimes accused of having a different timeline for his tortured episodes and the timeline of other tortured episodes. Mm. His episodes had some sort of continuity. The other episodes had some sort of continuity. But the two continuities did not match up with each other. Mm. While Cold Blood is a good episode, I'm surprised that this old argument has not returned in earnest. The Silurians are going to emerge in a thousand years. The year 3020, which is just about the same time in history as the beast below, 200 years after humanity fled the Earth due to solar flares. <laughs> I guess the Silurians are going to have an easy time sharing the planet with nobody else. <laughs> we'll be cooked. If, mm, if the sun doesn't kill them, and then those pesky humans will come back. Or, if we assume that the beast below is off on its chronologically due to Earth being in a deep ice age and having its first empire centred on Earth starting to crumble around uh, 30,000, 3,000, sorry, then the Silurians merely have to worry about freezing to death from the Ice Age while facing humanity at its most militant form. Mm. Maybe 200 years would have been a better snooze alarm. (laughs) Have the Silurians come back in the early 23rd century while humanity is still recovering from the Dalek invasion of Earth and are in a reasonable tone? Mm. Now, is it possible that the thousand years thing is a deliberate error that we were supposed to catch? as most of the series seems filled with deliberate errors, which I guess are part of the story arc. Mm. If this feedback gets into Cold Blood episode, then it will appear on your feed the day after the Pandorica opens, so maybe we will know what it means. Maybe. Until this story arc explains it all, farewell Rory, we will remember you. Mm -hmm. Who? (laughs) Regards, Benjamin Elliott, this week in Doctor Who. Thank you, you, Benjamin. Mm, Thank you. Anyway, dear listeners, that brings us to the end of yet another Staggering Stories podcast. Uh, but never fear. It's <laughs> <laughs> the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> Flying tonight. tonight. <laughs> oh, we're too old now. <laughs> <laughs> references. <laughs> But never fear, in the next one, there'll be more of the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who, old and new. So, until that happy holocaust tumbles down upon us all, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Goodbye. Au revoir. And I'm an off-duty Czechoslovakian traffic warden. You have been listening to the Staggering Stories podcast, series one, number 77, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Gene Riddler, and Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker and don't necessarily represent those other speakers on the side. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is now Presidente Production for www.staggeringstories.net. Well, I'm waggling it. I'll tell you what, sh- shall I let it calm down? <laughs> Got overexcited. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, I'm still going to bungle up the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, I am a very modern model of a modern major general. Please let us never, ever see those Daleks again. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, in the future, some production team will revert them back. Market employee, they've got to show them at least one more time. Mm. Well, yeah, they've built them. Milk it for all it's worth. They're in the game. Mm. Yeah. Oh, has anyone downloaded the... Yeah, I've played it, yeah. Downloaded and played it. Any good? Um, It's... You can tell the age level it's aimed Mm. at, and it is very simplistic in some of the puzzles. It means I don't stand a chance. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I I played and finished the first episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I've got to admit, I usually run into trouble somewhere and throw, end up throwing the computer across the room. Yes. I I sold and pl- I played and solved it. Right. But it doesn't rely on the zap zap. It does rely on on tricks and puzzles. And Stealth. Yeah. So it's it's mo- it's a bit more like a Professor Layton than a Lava yes. Croft. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I end up killing the Doctor <laughs> twice and Amy five times. Okay. Well, that's the trouble. The first section of the game, it's you with you're controlling the Doctor and Amy's behind you, yeah. and the stupid bin wouldn't move fast enough. 
Oh, dear. So she got sawn and shot or, or stabbed. <laughs> or, so it's not my fault she died. She just she kept dying. <laughs> Just wouldn't move fast enough. She was being a typical assistant, was she? Yeah. <laughs> Dying. <laughs> Heavenly. I know. But that's enough waxing lyrical about the time rotor. Where would you like to go today? <laughs> Back to our bedroom, really. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody gonna need a cold shower somewhere. <laughs> yes. Somebody down in Southampton. Oh, I'm so glad my bosses don't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they might do. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to be sitting in a meeting one day and I'm just going to get a look from one of the councillors <laughs> and they're going to go, you're so smutty, you are. <laughs> in and out, up and down, down. Mr Riddler. Mm. <laughs> Bad enough when I got a load of phone calls when they saw me Morris dancing on Sky. <laughs> anyway, back at the plot. You wake up dead if you're not careful. <laughs> Especially if you're on a convoy. Oh, dear. I, I very much doubt that I would oh, wake up cut this out dead. Well, you wake up, you're and you're dead. So you and haven't woken up at all. And deported. Please don't conclude that in the outtakes. <laughs> What else have we got here? Uh, he's got his laptop open and he's scanning mm-hmm. the vast Ethernet. Pouring the information. Yes. Not the intraweb. No, mm. no, not the inter- The Ethernet. The Ethernet. And you can see the blue light is sort of glowing, highlighting mm. his face in a rather <laughs> creepy... It's the maniac smile yeah. that gets me. Which is quite conveniently is mirrored by the head of Pertwee above him. <laughs> it is, it is. All oh, hail so. the head yeah, of Pertwee. Yeah, we haven't said hello to the head of Pertwee, yeah? Oh, yeah. Hello, Head of Pertwee. And hello, Carl Bordeaux. We're going to have to rehearse that. We're going to have to, yeah. With Joe. Live broadcast. Well, live edited broadcast. That was the most girly laugh. I did not have a girly laugh. God damn it. Well, maybe a little bit. Do you sometimes think black and white is the new black? Or do you believe that a velvet smoking jacket is the height of fashion? Or perhaps you think every console room should be wooden? If so, then you should subscribe to the Crinoid Podcast. Each time we take one classic Doctor Who story and discuss it in mind-numbing nerdy fanboy detail, and we invite you to do the same. So find us at iTunes or at crinoid.blog.co.uk. I listen to the Crinoid podcast while practicing Venusian Aikido on a blow-up Matthew Waterhouse. How will you listen to the Crinoid podcast?